Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 293. We're so close to 300, I can taste it. I know, and we we said that we we thought about how we could get that done, but that would have been a lot more work on our yeah, part. and we're lazy and drunk most yes. of the time, so that's not going to And really, soon. numbers are just numbers, man. Yeah, man. Like, we don't, we don't need to be doing fake shit to just make a number, to just do things. Right. We want to be wholesome. And yes. Wholesome is always the word used to describe drunk on comics. Wholesome. Yes. Whole, holes. Whole bunch of something some else. Some holes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We talked uh, a lot about Disney shit going on. Yeah. I guess. A couple things. We reviewed some comics, mostly. A couple things. Yeah. Yeah. Some Sabrina and Star Wars. Yeah. A couple things. <laughs> so I guess you just have to sit and listen to what those couple things were. So sit back, grab some good booze this week, definitely good pairing, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 293. The first word is welcome. problems in Studio A. There's so much problem in the LBC. <laughs> it's hard being Snoop, D-O-double-G. Don't sue us, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> that was a terrible rendition. <laughs> that was not copyright You're infringement. You're so good at all these lyrics and singing. <laughs> Even in warm-up. <clears throat> Only I could record your voice and just put it out on the internet. Nobody wants that. For people that that are falling asleep, just listen. They yeah. stay wide awake. Yes, it's an alarm. That's what it is. It's a difference. It's like yeah. an <laughs> audio rape of your ear holes. <laughs> so I'm quite happy this week. You are? Yes. I was able to get a Mug Club membership oh. at Founders, oh. which I think most everyone in America knows about Founders. Yes. The huge Why microbrewery. They? Oh, yeah. they aren't even a micro. I mean... By terminology, microbrewery, but they are more than a microbrewery because they're the biggest they're big one now. Yeah, they're like just a huge right. brewery in North America. Yes, and their beer is fucking amazing, it and is. so their mugs sell out. And I, I've gone there on and off for a while, but I've been really heading back a lot to where just joining up, save some money. It just so happens they release their CBS. Yes. Canadian breakfast stout. Right, which is KBS with maple syrup. Basically. And I I do not <laughs> like KBS. I've tried it, I'm like, eh, okay, but I don't like the coffee hints. Mm. But you put in maple syrup, holy shit, that stuff's golden. Tastes like breakfast. I personally love KBS, and I love KBS. The older it is, the better it tastes. Um, and the more it fucks you up. That's too. what they always but, say, but why do people save bottles for like years just to be like I'm not going to open it now. Beer should be drank. I, every time that I've had it that it's been older, it has been at a bar that had, had it kegs a, okay. that were from Well, that makes sense. Ago. But there are people that will buy the bottles. Right, and, and hold, hold on, on to them. them. And how fucking outrageous the bottles were. Like, now, when I was uh, at the tap house, I had two glasses for lunch, and 
they were seven bucks for an eight ounce pour. And I'm like, that ain't bad. So you're realizing, <laughs> though, it's like it's only eight ounces you're getting, but then you got pretty fucking drunk off yeah, them. Yeah, that's some high potent <clears throat> beer. Yeah. And then, but then I made fun of my brother who bought four bottles at $25 each. Each bottle? Is $25. So now, when you do, away for Christmas? When you, do the, when you do the math, though, you know, eight ounce pour times that by three, it's about 21 bucks there for 20, and that's kind of how big the bottles are because they're bigger bottles. Right. It might even be more than twenty four. I don't know. Yeah, there's. I think there's seven hundred and fifty milliliters. So like, they're the size of a size of a wine bottle. Yeah. I think, aren't they? So I don't know what that goes to in pints, but so it's not that more outrageous than what they sell there. Right. And it seemed like they made a little bit more this year than most years, but I could never in was, my life spend that much money on that. Was it crazy busy there? Yes. Yeah. I always think about going to those events, and then I remember that I hate large groups of people, especially drunk ones. So, <laughs> but they're all in for the love of the beer. Yeah. And yeah. although I say I could never spend money on on a bottle, on my way to a party this past weekend, when the liquor store didn't have my liquor, but I just randomly asked if they had some bottles, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we have a case." And then it proceeded to buy, buy two. Some. <laughs> They have it in bottles at stores? I thought you could only get it from... No, yeah, in stores. So, like, Meyer had a bunch. Ah. That's where my brother was able to get some. But I'm going to have to look for some. A lot of places limit it towards one or two. Yeah. And they still had some left over at my liquor store. All my friends were begging me where that was at. So I was telling them on the it's other side of town now. because... People are over KBS. You can get that shit anywhere now. Yep. <laughs> so oh. I, I drank a whole bottle and... Oh, my God. I shared a bit. I was like, here, I, you know, I will give away my wealth here in, in beer and, and I'm here, a peasants. Prince. Yes, have some beer. <laughs> shit's damn good. Yeah, I haven't tried it, but it sounds amazing. Well, let's try some reviews, shall we? Yes. So we actually haven't reviewed anything in a really long time. So you think I would have like a backlog of comic books to choose from? But I read a book that's coming out next week. <laughs> instead. Um, but I couldn't help it because the cover was so damn cute that I had to read it. Aww. I know. It's Faith's Winter Wonderland special. And the cover is total, like, pin-up-y. But, like, 1950s. It's got, like, the 1950s font, like, old-ass Christmas movies do and stuff. And I'm not going to... I'm going to do a very short review because this does come out next week, so I don't want to ruin anything. But... With a title like Faith's Winter Wonderland Special, you would think it would be, like, very Christmas-focused. And it was slightly Christmas-focused, but it was more like she was on vacation for Christmas, and it involved Alice in Wonderland. So it was more like Faith meets Alice in Wonderland than Faith's Winter Wonderland Special. Is I mean, I'm sure it kind of spoil, spoils it, but I... I still feel that we should we could talk about it anyways. Is it one of those that was in her head? Um, like how all these are? It, 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 at the end of it, it it very much could have been. Because you kind of get to the end of it and you're like, wait a minute, did she actually just save Wonderland? Or was she just having this giant imaginary adventure? Because she saves Alice in Wonderland, but then she goes and visits Alice at her house. Oh, okay. Because Alice in Wonderland was the show that she watched when she was a child, and then they took it off the air, 
And Alice goes crazy because they're making her push toys and like propaganda and stuff. And she just wanted to make kids happy. So all this pressure on this Alice character to like be commercialized drove her insane and started ruining Wonderland. Okay. And they had to go get Faith to save her. And she did. But then, at the end of it, she goes to visit Alice, who was, like, the actual star from the TV show. So, very much it was probably all in her head. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a good story, and it was cute, and, you know, it was a total fangirl story, as most Faith stories are, because she is a giant fangirl. And so am I, so I totally relate. (laughs) Plus, I love Alice in Wonderland. Um, But the art for... The Alice in Wonderland scenes um, actually reminded me a lot of, um, like, the Xenoscope-type style that they would do for, like, their fairy tale books. Okay. Not as sexy, right? (laughs) Because this is more... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But very similar with, like, the big hair and stuff like that. So it felt like, to me, they were trying to go after that kind of look as maybe just, like, a homage to that whole brand but it was just a cute story i don't follow faith on a regular basis but this was fun and you don't I, have faith <laughs> no i lost it even though limp biscuit told me to <laughs> um <laughs> uh but you know it's a one shot i knew i could just read it and not have to know what was going on before or read it afterwards if i didn't want to so there you go I kind of spoiled it, I guess. So, but read it anyway. It's super cute. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more nuance within that. There type. is. There yeah, is. nuance. It's one of those words that I like to use a you lot. You do like to use nuance. That and pretentious. I've, you actually don't use pretentious a lot on this podcast, but that may say more things about this podcast than anything <laughs> else. <laughs> very, very true. Um, I read a book that it, it's... So reviewing it, it's it's almost hard to say that it's a easily picked up book for the non-initiated. Um, it's Darkhawk number 51. Now, can you guess, this is a Marvel title. Okay. So in the new legacy, you know, having some of these books come out. And a lot of these uh, comic books that, that are coming out aren't going to be full-blown uh, comics. Unlike what many of us first thought when they were renumbering all these, a lot of these are testing grounds to see should that turn into it. So they're mm. they're one shots. So okay. like Silver Sable um, that came out this week is another one of those where they legacy numbered it and then is it something that they could turn into a book? This one very much was supposed to be a one shot because I was confused when it said to be continued, but it doesn't have anything in solicitations of, of coming to fruition. Which it very much should be. Guess when the last time Darkhawk had an actual comic book? Well, he sounds like a character out of the 90s. So I'm going to guess it was the 90s. Yes. In the... <laughs> 100%. That is total 90s character. Name. 1995. Wow. Okay. Now, that's just not to say, though, that he hasn't shown up in other series. He's been part of the Young Avengers, the New Warriors... Um, a lot of the DNA stuff with uh, uh, cosmic uh, shit that I used to, that I really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a big part of that, and throughout that, some of his mythos has changed, and 
he just became one of my favorite characters because he looks straight up 90. Right. Um, this fucking raptor of, it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So with this book in, in mind, a lot of these should be easily picked up for, uh, new readers. And they did a good enough job to where they tried to explain his past. Now, you got to th- realize, though, he only had 50 issues before. So, right. it wasn't the greatest of selling. But he also had just a, a compelling mystery about his his persona. And back in the day, when the comics had to have a alter ego, he switched forms with this amulet. This magical amulet that would make uh, Chris Powell change from this world and then out would come Darkhawk. Okay. Darkhawk being a sentient robot type battle suit that you always thought that just was like formed over him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Power Rangers. Right, here like comes. he was still inside controlling it. Yeah. But he wasn't because they were all kind of, he was, but he wasn't. These were all meant to be sentient, like controlled. But because he was a human, which these are Shi'ar technology, like these are the assassins of the Shi'ar. Oh. Uh, hence the kind of bird-like. Uh, right, that makes persona. sense. Uh, he he would he somehow had greater control because that's how it always is with comic books. Like the one human that was able to control one right. of these gets yes. to take over. <laughs> now in the comic books as well, one of the biggest cool reveals is you thought that it was him underneath the the suit until he one day took off his mask and I forget which issue it is and it's not him under there so Hmm. it is some other creature some other thing and it's one of the points that they hit on in this book is it's all new uh raptor the all new dark hawk and here's the part we're even trying to explain it now of how really well I think that they hit all the notes from before me as a longtime reader I'm like oh yeah they yeah, they brought up that. It from oh, that that's back. cool, and the tree and everything. For anyone new, they're gonna be like so much information overload and be like, "That really doesn't fucking make sense." What the hell? Yeah, they explained it as well as they could, but I'm trying to like dumb it down in my head to be like, if I just read this page, would I truly understand what they just said? Right. And you would, but you wouldn't. Right. If that makes sense, like. Oh, they, yeah. No, I totally get it. Because, because I've read books like that before. Because <laughs> at one point within the series, you find out that that sentient AI is named Razor. Okay. So they're raptors, but his name is Razor. And then there's Darkhawk, which is what Chris called himself. And now Razor, Razor wants to, has learned from Chris, because these are assassins and the programming is, has always been kind of on the evil sentient side, mm. you know? And so when Razor took over one time... You know, killed the Landria, the Empress of the Shi'ar. Oh. So there's a lot of shit that's going on. But now that you see this AI is like learned and wants to be good through in this specific comic book. Also, the time between him actually being Darkhawk and thinking the amulet's going to you know, come back to life or whatever. We've also seen within the Guardians of the Galaxy, within the Marvel Universe, where they have started to become... Uh, a big thorn in the side of um, all of them. So it seems like they're trying to pull the whole group back together and mm-hmm. do some space-faring uh, mm-hmm. story over our arcs. Um, the new uh, head of the tail, uh, I think is Talon or Talanos. Can't fucking remember his uh, name off the top of my head. That was in Guardians. But who is the big bad of the Raptors and everything is Robbie Ryder. 
Richard Ryder's brother. Oh. So with the Nova Corps being pretty much kind of demolished right now, these seem to be like the antithesis of them being like the big bads of the universe going around and attacking people. The raptors. Yeah, so okay. now we need the, the core to come back and... Defeat them. That's kind of going on within the Guardians. So as I said, this is a one-shot, and it kind of said to be continued. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's a lot for a one-shot. Well, they didn't get within the, ga- the Guardians. <laughs> yeah. That's just a secondary knowledge of anything. So when you see some of the stuff in, uh, in scenes, you're like, who's that? Where'd that come from? Well, that's already being played out within the comic books. So, Darkhawk getting his own series? Probably not. Darkhawk showing up within mm. Guardians and some of this other shit? Mm-hmm. Yes. Reintroducing him as... Because he's not... Like, I don't know who he is. I mean, I've read a bunch of Marvel stuff, but he's never popped up in, like, the X-Men. That's my main... But you know how badass he looks. Yeah. 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 No, I totally... The minute you said his name, I'm like, I should probably look him up. and that's how i knew he was from the 90s too yeah his name and like you know he has 20 ab muscles that's yeah guys really worked out in the 90s (laughs) (laughs) so are you done with that review yes i am the end of it i couldn't tell whether you were making a dramatic pause to like no, I, mean, I could talk about Darkhawk and a lot of other shit for. <laughs> it sounds forever. really interesting, and I like what Marvel's doing. Do you think? Well, some of these B-list characters, like, because I would, even though he, like, he is straight up '90s, and right. he is for me a favorite because of some of the newer things they did throughout the years. He is still B-list. Yeah, many people would not know who the fuck right. he is, but that they gave him this to. I think it's great. I think some of the best. I still stand by my favorite DC run was when they, after Crisis on Infinite Earths or whatever, they did 52, which was all B-list because the big one, the big three, four, whoever had gone and they did a whole series with just B-list characters and it was the best. It was just the best. Like their stories are so interesting and we don't get to hear about them. I do have to say, uh, Kev Walker, uh, the artist on this did a amazing job like it was did it remind you of 90s or did they update it no it, it updated yeah just i mean just the armor still is just like i want that <laughs> like any sort of armor like that like now that I know or, or the guyver or anything Halloween. i really want a sentient <laughs> suit i don't think we're quite there yet in technology oh but if something comes from the future or a magical amulet i mean <laughs> All right, so our last review, we actually, Tony and I actually both read the same book for once. Yeah, the thing is, when I was reading, I was like, Linz is going to review this, so that's why I need to read Dark Hawk, because I'm like, I need to have something else to read. <laughs> um, so Labyrinth, the Labyrinth 2017 special came out, and it says number one, but I'm assuming that this is a one-shot, because it was just a bunch of short stories. Yeah, they always seem to nowadays... Just put number one because it makes it, I guess, so more people collectible. Underst- I guess. Well, I guess so, maybe so that people would kind of then not collectible, but if someone were to randomly come in and think, Oh, an annual, if they had no clue, maybe right. would think, Oh, there's a series or something else uh, attached to it, possibly. But then again, if they're going to comic books, <laughs> they should probably know better than that, but still, possibly, regardless of that, stuff like this, though, like, so the, the labyrinth is going to draw in more than just comic book fans, right? Because there are just a bunch of kids from the 80s who fucking love the Labyrinth. And also it's geared towards a younger age. 
So it's a great thing for people who have children to like pass along down to. Um, well, so this this one it it was a a big book. It was. It read really fast though. That was nice. Yeah. And, and they were all there were separate stories. So there's a ton of creators with on this, mm-hmm. and each story kind of followed one of the the key secondary characters within yes. the movie. And it seems to have taken place coinciding when the movie happened. Yep. Which was also a kind of cool and neat thing. And it explored a lot more of the goblin kingdom and the goblin world, more than just the labyrinth that is there. Like right. we get a little bit of a the, shopping center the, yeah, and their another world. spot. Yeah. And all overall it was just great to see that they all even though they're separate stories too and they're all taking place at the same same time. You, it's they're overarching as well. It was mm-hmm. almost as if like you got to then the person that was writing about this character throw them in here somewhere down the road. Right. But so then it comes back to this, and then it like it makes it feel even though they're written and drawn by separate people, it is one world, and yeah. just the way they tie it together, the stories together, makes it feel like that, which is cool. Um, the first story was all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm... <laughs> it didn't get my. It's it was it was beautifully drawn. Like it was watercolors and stuff, and it was about um, God, what's this? What's the guy's name? Uh, I can't even remember the guy who rides the sheepdog. What the hell's his character's name? <laughs> what what is he? By the isn't he? He's like a, a dog. I feel like he's a dog riding a dog. Oh, what? Sir Didymus. That's yeah. right. Um, so it, basically this is, is how he got his steed and it's him testing out a bunch of steeds. I will say what I really enjoyed about that story though, is that within the story, there's another story cause there's the puppet tears going yes. on. Yes. And I was just like, looking at these puppets is like beautiful, even though I know that they're, they're drawn and mm-hmm. they're not real, but I'm imagining as if I was in this world and seeing a puppet show like this, I'd be like, I'd pay good money. Also, it was funny because it, I think it was meant to be a comedy because they it, this was a show for goblins and it, they were human puppet characters. So the fact that there was like this serious knight and king drama going on and all the goblins are like, ah, ha, ha, ha. it's so funny. These stupid humans basically was the premise of that. Um, but anyway, it, the, the story was cute. It gave you kind of a backstory to Sir Didymus. Um, but... All of the other stories were, were I liked better. Especially the next one, The Wrong Toby, with the goblins that go into with, the human yeah, world. I loved... Uh, <laughs> so he's he's wearing uh, red with uh, with white stripes. Like, no, that's a candy cane. He's white with red stripes. Like, <laughs> I know. And then they run into a cat. Who, Tabby. Yes. Toby. Yes. And the, which so, is also striped. Yes. And somebody call is calling for it, so they call it baby, so they think it's the baby, because they're goblins. They don't know what human babies look like. They just know it's red and white striped. And this was kind of striped, and it, it mewed, because, you know, Jareth said that the baby was mewling. <laughs> or, well, you do remember, they're, they're in search of the ladle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and great and great, like... They totally misheard half of it all. And yeah, they were dumb. They were dumb goblins. They well, that's were... the great part that made me laugh throughout this entire book was just the dumb... Oh, I know. Dumb goblins. The it... For me, I, I want to say my favorite of all these little stories, though, is the little caterpillar. Oh, the one where he's 
get trying to get people to have a cup of tea with him. Mm-hmm. Cup of tea. I like it because it starts with the uh, she kept on going that way. It would have taken her straight to, to the, the castle. castle. <laughs> <laughs> right, just in that voice. <laughs> And I was like, that's from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's in search of people, and then he, he runs into some of the other main characters mm-hmm. um, that, that they run into within the, the movie, it's just like, okay, I, I like this. And especially the doors that oh, one tell the yeah. truth and the other has to lie. And I'll just take that as a no. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a very... Might I add, this was uh, written and drawn by Katie Cook, who we often see at... Uh, most of the conventions in our area, and I have like five of commissions from her because her stuff is super adorable, and so was this comic book. <laughs> it was so cute, and it was, it was kind of sad at the end when no one wanted to go get tea with him. Yeah, but then you know, was you got his... to meet his little wife or whatever, yeah. and I thought that was super cute. And she was like, "Don't you remember that nobody fits in our house?" Yeah. <laughs> but I liked when then it looked like someone was looking in then. And you go back to you go to the next story, or was it two stories later? I can't remember if it was right afterwards with the That's the bog, the of bog stench. of eternal stench. Yes, and, yes. And I was like, that tied it into that too. It did. It did. Like, I don't want you to come. <laughs> <laughs> that the bog of eternal stench story was super heartwarming too. Like it's about these goblins, and this one poor little sad goblin falls in the gets his foot in the bog, and he thinks everyone's gonna leave him. Well, they are because yeah. well, first off, they're a trio, right? And within the trio, you know, you need to have three. Mm-hmm. When he fell in, and they kind of made fun of him, and then left him. You're like, that's, and then even the rock doesn't like you. you tripped over a rock, and then other yeah. people would come by, and then even they didn't like him, and. Then he's all alone, and I'm like sad so for this guy. I know. But then when when they come back, it's the camaraderie, and they're like, "We can't really be a threesome with just two. Right. They all stick their foot in the bog. Now they're all stinky. I thought it was very sweet. I was thinking they should cut off his foot, but... <laughs> and I was like, I know this is more of a kid's story, so that's not going to happen. No, it's this is Jim Henson. But give him give him a peg leg, you know, give <laughs> give him character. Oh. Going back, though, to the, the cat one, and actually another story, too. Those uh, dodo birds. Oh, the fireys? Uh, yeah. The things that take their heads off and try to take everybody else's heads yeah. off, too. Those things are fucking terrifying. I, they were always, <laughs> when I was growing up, when I was a child, I was like, I always hated this part of the movie. But now I, like, I appreciated it more now that I'm an adult, and I find that scene hilarious just because of... Yeah. Who they are and they're trying to take off the heads. Yeah. And they're still trying to do that in the, like, I think with the little caterpillar, they are like, is that scarf keeping your head on? <laughs> like, they just think everybody else's heads can come off their bodies, too, because they, theirs can. Um, but yeah, no, those fuckers are scary. <laughs> I remember when I worked at the video store and I had the labyrinth plane and I had to turn it off because it was on that scene and a child started crying in the store because it terrified them so much. <laughs> So not to give like uh, all the stories away, but I also enjoyed seeing a little baby, uh, baby Bowie. Yes, with uh, when he's trying to convince Toby to choose him instead mm-hmm. of his mom or his step. No, that's his sister. Yeah, stepsister. Yeah, I could, I wasn't sure who because she looked a little bit older than what I remember. Yeah, then again, though, well, yeah, the I do think it was just a liberty or not a liberty of art, just a yeah. little bit of drawing of the picture because yeah she did look like an mm-hmm. older um but yes when they show toby in the mirror with jareth and he's mini jareth 
It was super cute. Um, but I don't know why he thought that would make a baby choose him. Yeah. <laughs> That's, they're, they're, they're babies. And yeah. They yeah. Um, the last couple stories, well, the last story was just about this uh, goblin hanger honor who was trying to say he was best friends with the Goblin King and his adventure with missing out and trying to get back into the Goblin Kingdom. It was just an little one-off story that kind of wrapped up. I think the the best stories were in the middle and the mm-hmm. the first and the last I thought were the the weak points for me personally and all the content in the middle I thought was I felt that they really besides the mirror thing I was thinking and I'm glad they I guess they now that I'll just shut up now and not say my comment. I was going to say I was thinking they should have a little bit more of Sarah within it but I'm kind of cool with just these right. other secondary characters. Let them shine. Yeah. Because you, well, you followed, that whole movie, you followed her. So you saw everything that happened to her already. But I thought, though, even these things were happening at the same time, but yet not at the same time. Like, sometimes, well, I take, for example, the Deadpool, uh, which one was the, where they went back to Secret Wars, like his Secret Secret Wars, where oh. you find out he got the suit originally mm-hmm. from Venom, which made it crazy and everything. Like, where it was the exact same story, but then you see he was there, so he right. changed it all. It would have been cool, like, in, in certain things where this random goblin accidentally tripped or something, which then caused this rock to fall over oh. to go into a way that then stopped her. Right. Something like that. That could have been a fun side story, too, but then that would have been a little more... You couldn't have... That would have had a lot more right. linear than these... Right. Small little things. Yes, yes. And these, really, the only thing that ties these to the fact that, I mean, once you get to the baby ones, you know it's while she's there. But the ones before that, and the, um, you wouldn't even realize that they were occurring at the same time if it weren't for that cute little caterpillar delivering his movie line. Because they could have been just something that happened before she was there or whenever. They were just things that happened yeah. in a day of the life in this kingdom. Did you notice that the with the last story of the one goblin that wanted to be recognized and everything, David Bowie is holding up the baby mm-hmm. and he is, uh, you see all the other goblins like smiling, laughing. I'm like, they're doing the dance oh, magic song. yes. Now I feel like I need to go back through the movie and see if there was a goblin that just bounced through that scene. <laughs> that would be so hilarious. Related. I, I don't think that happened. Probably not. But, but it, I noticed some other, the small little, like, goblins that were, that they were made to be drawn mm-hmm. in certain ways. Mm-hmm. You know, slap that baby, make him be. <laughs> like, yeah. that one was in there and. Yep. No, the whole, the whole thing, as all, it, it was great, and it was so much in line with the movie that it just brought you back to... I fucking love that movie. It's great. I could watch it over and over and over and over and over again and never get tired of it. Well, here, here's the thing. I love anything Jim Henson. Right. He, Muppets, anything, it, they're just great. Even Sesame Street, I'd love to watch that with my niece and nephews. Yeah. Like, it's just awesome. However... As you said, kind of scary. I always say that I got scared by the Dark Crystal when oh, I was younger. Yeah, but when you really think of this, though, that movie is so zany. It is. Like it's super zany. A Goblin King to steal a baby. Yeah. To have this labyrinth to go through, like. And you I never don't really that... get to why he wants that. Like he, it's clear he wants to turn the baby into a goblin. So does that mean all of these goblins used to be human babies? Mm-hmm. 
and that he was just trying to get another baby to turn into a goblin. Well, I always thought part of it was because he was in love with Sarah. This is a way to like right. make her save That's, the kid. Makes and... it a super creepy story. Oh yeah, there's a lot of other things. That <laughs> this is why it's straight up. Because she's like what 80s. 14 in that movie, and it's David Bowie. 15, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All in all, uh, yeah, I really... It was good. If you liked The Labyrinth, you'd like it. If you've never watched The Labyrinth before, I don't know that you would need to, to watch it in order to enjoy this. Like, it's just, their stories are good. Mm-hmm. They they don't need... You might be a little disconnected about what's going on in some of them, but I think for the most part, even if you've never seen The Labyrinth, you still could enjoy this story. Stories. Collection of stories. Maybe not as much. But if you haven't watched Labyrinth, why the fuck not? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm really uh, hoping, like I said, that there's the sequel. Yeah. I mean, they're doing the Dark Crystal series, so there's a good chance. And I believe that there's, uh, coming out in February, there's going to be a prequel. The Labyrinth prequel? Yes, I believe we talked about that a yeah. little bit ago. Yeah. That's what, though, I was, like, at first also a little confused because I thought, I think that will have a little bit more of his motivations. Right. And But I think this also just kind of satisfy a little bit more of... Right. We told you, like, forever ago we were going to do a Labyrinth comic, and we're not quite there yet. But, so here. <laughs> yeah. Filler, just, just to make you happy. And to get it out quicker, we can have multiple people yes. write on it so we can just oh my God. get it done. It's genius. It's genius. So, all in all, good. Well, there's something that uh, has made it from the comics to the big screen, even though Labyrinth went from the big screen to the comics. And when I say big screen, I mean small screen. And when I say segue, I mean this is not going the way I wanted it to go. <laughs> I'm just going to run away from home. Is that your segue yes. for the runaways? Yes. Yeah, that was... Not well done. No, no. <laughs> Holy shit, the this show is super good. I have never been more happy with how faithful of a comic book, even though I say that I'll say some differences later on, but right. how faithful that they have, have done the comic book. It really was a comic book that came out of nowhere. It was meant to be like kind of for teens because it's following teens. Right. Hearing how this whole show is going to be about teens. I'm watching this, and I'm like, this doesn't feel like a teenage drama at all. This right. feels like a very real right. situation. Well, it's nice that, you know, you can have dramas with teenagers in them, and they don't have to be Beverly Hills 90210 or other bullshit like that. Like, teenagers have, especially superpowered teenagers, have real lives and real problems other than oh this guy said he was gonna go to the dance with me and always thought I've never I just recently started reading the new Runaways which takes place after the original story um, so I never read the original Runaways and I still think that this show is really really good having never read I mean, and a, a big reason why it was so was amazing was because Brian K. Vaughn right. created it. Oh, like, yeah. He yeah. really doesn't do wrong no. at all. No, he's pretty genius. And and just his thought on these teenagers to then... So the biggest part of the series is that they run away because then they find out that their parents, who you think and originally see as the kind of the higher echelon of L.A., right. 
are really part of this evil organization, the Pride. Mm-hmm. Now, where and this is straight up spoilers for people that haven't read the book or are watching the show now, because I'm sure there's going to be some similarities. Uh, they've already had some differences, such as uh, Nico's parents. They didn't. They weren't really. They were ninjas in the comic book. Okay. And you didn't have so much of the inter. Like you had some interaction with the mainly Alex's parents, but beyond that, the pride meeting was kind of like a quick thing to do, mm-hmm. and it didn't explore so much all this other stuff about the parents. But I think in the show, though, it makes a lot more sense. Because they're trying to leave some of it a mystery. Right. Now, another thing, too, was Molly's parents weren't dead, but that kind of leaves a mystery to the show. Also, because she's a mutant. Right. But it's one of the things that, that, yeah, Yeah. they can't say the M word. (laughs) And I I realized I didn't even think of that until we were recording, that that's one of the things that they just can't say. Yeah. Me and my brother talking about this show, like, damn, so cool. Yeah, I like how they're manifesting their mutant powers, like. Nope, can't yep. say that word. She's the only, isn't she the only actual mutant? Yes. Yeah. I mean, most of them don't have powers. Right. They, well, Gert doesn't have powers. She, she just has the connection <clears throat> with. Yeah, with Old Lace, yeah. the, the dinosaur. Yep. And then. Uh, uh, Alex is just super smart, right? Yes. And do you know what happens with Alex? I wikipedia the runaways just so I could... Because I wanted to know all, what all their powers were in the comic books. And, yeah, he died. Okay, well, but... Okay, but comic he, book, right? Yeah, and that's all I'll say, yes. Because he has a major thing about it that has made me and my brother watching this show being like, Ooh, mm. you are so good! Okay. I hate you, but you're a good actor. You'll have to you'll have to fill me in on that afterwards, as so not to spoil it for our lovely and listeners. They may, may, and they might do a 180 and change right. some of that within the show. Um, I mean, Chase is some sort of genius, but even then, it was I believe it was uh, Gertz in the comic books. Parents were the time travelers um, as well, mm-hmm. and I think that's how they got like not bioengineering. Oh. So there is some, like I said, some differences within the um, within the show um, from you know. Right, and I like so the one thing I, I I liked that they did, even though they can't call Molly a mutant. Everybody knows mutants manifest their powers when they hit puberty, right? Yeah, and they totally talk about her starting her period at the beginning of the show, and then when she gets her powers, I was like, oh my god, she's a mutant. I thought the same. <laughs> I thought exactly the same thing too. I was like, they're doing it right yeah. by what the the mutants. Yeah, uh, yeah. They can't say mutant, but they certainly can imply it in a million different ways. One of the big things too, and this is, she was always uh, way uh, in the comic book. She was like ten years old, where the rest of them was like fifteen and sixteen. So that is a big gap difference mm-hmm. between teenagers and this little girl running around who is also like Hulk strength right. when she needs to be. Which also made her a unique character in of itself, but then she sleeps half the time too, which was always funny, and they showed that within the, yeah, the show. Yeah, she gets super tired after using her powers. That they they aged her up a bit, a little bit. Uh, I, so she's in high school. It, Either that or well, yeah. I thought she was in the high school Either with them. School. She was around. Could be one of those combined schools. Yeah. Either or though, totally take liberties. Like I said, having the parents mm-hmm. be a little bit different. Uh, the 
uh, what would you call it? Not adultery. The cheating on with yeah. Nico's dad. I think dad. adultery is the right word as well. Yeah, I was trying to think of the affair. Yes, the word there you I was go. And Chase's mom. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, interesting. But what I found even more interesting, which I'm having a little bit hard time to wrap around, because I, I will explain what the pride did within the comic book. Okay. But I'm having a hard time with what's going on with creepy old man. Oh, grandpa. Yeah, but I don't think that's grandpa. You don't it's think so? To, it's me. Okay, did you see the yeah, no. glow sex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saw that. <laughs> that doesn't change anything. I still think that's grandpa. <laughs> we live in a Game of Thrones era now. They throw that shit around like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I, that's where I feel like it's the red herring of it all. Yeah. I feel like that is one of what I think theorized within the show to take it a little bit different from the comics is uh, the Gaborum mm-hmm. was an alien race of giants. Okay. Who were on this uh, planet once, and they pretty much made the pride. They said, "Here, you guys go. We'll, you know, give you wealth and everything, but you need to." Uh, and when everything, when we take over the planet uh, through these rituals and everything, we'll save you and your children. But you have to give us a yearly blood sacrifice, mm. and so that is one of the things within the comics that. They, they changed, they haven't really spoken on what they're doing with their ritual there. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to transfer the energy of a young person into this old ass, chalky ass dude So he's bed. not, but I think he is supposed to represent that alien mm, race. I just assumed it was grandpa. No, well that's the thing, when she's, when it's been said that grandpa gave her the church and everything, I mean, yeah. that is the name of the aliens. Obviously, they have some sort of technology. Right. Their, uh, her daughter, um, what's, uh, fuck, um. Starts with a K. Um, not Clara. No. (laughs) I can't remember her name, but I. This always sucks when we're. I feel like it starts with a K. Right? Yes, or a C. Carolina. There it is. It's Carolina with a K. She's half alien. Right, right. So, and it could alien be... and it... fucking with the mom, yeah. with the glow penis, yeah. and if that's how they write that in, because that's not her dad. Well, and it could, he could be grandpa, and that's just how they explained this older man to Carolina when she was little, and maybe it's not actually grandpa, maybe it's dad. <laughs> but it's, it's left enough for me who knows how this story goes... To still question some things. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, will they drastically change how it kind of ends within the, the comic book? Because it would be very interesting if certain things happened a little bit differently. They're still going to run away, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, Nico, well, they were all only child as well. So Nico having an older sister. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. Because I was going to ask you if... Could, Nico has come to the conclusion in the show. Spoilers if you haven't watched any of it yet. Fast forward like a minute or whatever. Um, has come to the conclusion that her sister was a sacrifice. I don't... And see, that's the thing though. I don't think that she... Well, I do think she was. But I think also, again, they, they make us think these things. Right. And I think it was a legit, like... 
that they can pick up other people, why would it have right. to have been her? So I think it was more of maybe of an accident or something that her sister, but it was also one year prior, around the same time-ish, that she had died. Right now, with going into the next episode, and it probably won't happen until towards the end, but did you notice what it seemed like was going to happen? Who was going to be the next sacrifice? Oh, the husband, yeah. I felt like. Yeah. Uh, Kit Pardue. And like I said... <laughs> <laughs> Whose name I haven't ever thought I was ever going to say again in my lifetime. But there he is on the Runaways. <laughs> in, in, uh, I think that that, I keep saying Red Herring a lot, but that's what it ultimately, yeah. because they said, don't, don't forget the promise that we had made. Well, promise you made, probably not with the husband, but with, we want to save our kids. Right. Yeah. We're going to sacrifice another kid whose parents aren't around. Right. And I think that's where it's going to go. Just my personal thoughts on that. Either or, it's one hell of a good show. It is very good. And I like, even though it's kind of different by keeping the parents in it longer, it it connects you into a, to the parents in a way where you're like, you feel bad for some of them. Because you've, like, some of them are really, like... They internalize what they have to do, like, hard. And I think some of them are just there because they married into the situation or something like that. And, like, they're having a real struggle. So you feel bad for some of them. And then there's other ones where you're like, they are bad people. (laughs) Those people are bad people. So it's weird because there are definitely some of the parents that I think um, are evil. And I think their kids probably definitely in the show feel the same way because there's a bunch of them who are trying to work to prove that their parents didn't do anything wrong. So it adds a little bit more of a dynamic to the show, I think, than what the comic book probably had. One of the other big things that my brother did uh, uh, was saying how that, well, like I was saying, Gertrude's parents were the time travelers and everything. We still think that's true. Okay. They're they're seen as the biologists. Mm-hmm. And that's what they have. But there's a couple key things. One having a fucking dinosaur. Yeah. Which originally was found in the future is where old lace came from. Oh. Uh yeah, kind of one of those it's a like, twist. Yeah. Yeah. But uh also the fact of when they were surprised when they walked in with the celebration and they go, What what's this? Surprise, you got published and then one of them says to their Oh, that was today. Ah. Oh. That they already know. How did they get in the will? Like with the parents. Oh, right. Maybe went back in time and said, hey. Hmm. Hmm. I think hmm. they have a time machine. Interesting. Which will be a big reveal later. Yeah. So spoilers again. We're done talking about <laughs> Runaways, even yes. though I did mention that we would spoil some of it. <laughs> just speculation. It is, because it's all from the comic book and you just don't know what they're going to do in the show. But that's what so, I'm saying. That's yeah. where I think now, seeding some pieces from the, the comic book. Yes. So fucking good. Also, I finished Punisher. All I will say is, so fucking good. Really? Fuck you, Linz, for not liking it. I watched the first three episodes, and I just couldn't get into it. That doesn't get mean to the it... fourth. Yeah. And then the fifth, and they made him such a more... I'm sure it gets you know better. I, the last three episodes, though, that's where they saved all the blood and bullets yeah. for. Holy fuck. <laughs> all right. Just holy shit. There is... I'm going to make you watch the f- the final battle with the one scene that made me almost puke. Is it, Oh, I don't know if I can handle that. I have very delicate 
uh, stomach. Facial skin because <laughs> this person doesn't anymore. Oh, mm. it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get back into it. I'll finish it. Now, are the fight scenes done in The Punisher? Like, you know how I feel like each of the Marvel shows, their fight scenes are stylized in a in different ways, like Daredevil especially, they always do those awesome camera shots. There was a cool episode, I think it was episode 8 or so, 7 or 8, where it was a couple different people's perspectives mm. of what happened. Because it really threw me for a loop when I'm like, okay, he's teaming up with the bad guy, but then that was from one person's perspective, because then when you get Karen's vision, and she's kind of more or less telling it how it really went down... You then like, okay, that other one was, oh, that person was bullshit lying and stuff. But then how people are different in the area of what's going on, truly going on. It was a really cool episode. Yeah, it was one of those like mind fuckery ones, but All right. in the end. I'll finish it eventually. Did you ever, uh, did you read, it came out like two weeks ago, I think, the second White Knight? No, not yet. What? I know. It's okay. not, I didn't put it on my pull list. My bad. And it wasn't there when I got to the comic book store. Oh, really? Yeah, it was all sold out. <laughs> so, one of the big things that was revealed in it was... Spoiler, sorry, is... Well, he goes back to Harley. I mean, we have a free Joker and... Yeah. Trying to do good and... Goes to Harley and then you find out, wait, it's... Well, it's the Harley dressed up as uh, the new punkish, okay. you know, person. Mm-hmm. But yet that person gets hit over the head with a with a bat, and that's not the real Harley, hmm. which is interesting. Because then you have old Harley Quinn in her old outfit, the Harley Quinn outfit, which I was like, these are two distinct. I mean, they're not honestly in the DC universe. It's supposed to be the same person, right? But at the same point within this universe of White Knight, those are two different people, and I thought that was hmm. really cool. That is and in issue number three, I guess they're going to reveal a little bit more of of that and huh. why there was a secondary one. So it doesn't really give away the whole story, but it was an interesting, unique. It's I had intriguing. to reread the pages a couple times where I'm like, wait, wait, who the fuck is this? Huh. It's a imposter. Such Sean a good Murphy book. is, he's just the man. I mean, I feel bad we didn't mention Batman into the Transformers thing. So <laughs> last week's episode. So we need to talk more about Batman now. <laughs> Batman. Speaking of Batman, I think you were segueing into our next Batman topic. Same bat topic. Same bat station. Um, there's a new Batman movie coming out. Yep. Coming um, out in Japan. Yes, and it is animated, which means it's anime because it's in Japan. <laughs> Um, and it looks fucking awesome. Like, fuck whatever Warner Brothers is doing with Batman <laughs> right now. Just fuck them. Straight up the asses. <laughs> this is Batman Ninja. <laughs> this, oh, my God. Also, need to point out, though, he also dresses up as a samurai, not a ninja. Yeah. So it's also kind of interesting there. Yeah. And from what... So this trailer was all in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Everything about the trailer that I found was in a Japanese site. I'm sure there's probably, like, some... CBR, some other news source that has it, and they can explain it a little bit more within the English. Right. From what I got from it, just I'm like, I want this to yeah. be dubbed. It, it looks amazing. And it seems like it is Batman that, because I was also thinking too, are they going to make this a period piece where it's a feudal person that like Bruce Wayne's son or something, yeah. where he then is like in charge of this and there's someone taking his fields or something, but 
it seems like uh, he was transported back in time because they showed Gotham at first. So with that being said, it is Batman, and now he's got no... Well, he also says there's no Batmobile or Batcopter or Batwing. And one of the big things, too, so you have him dressing up more. Everyone looks more Japanese style. Mm -hmm. But Alfred? Oh, yeah. Straight up British. (laughs) Like, he is so British that even even the Japanese are like, we can't animate, animate yeah. him more than he's just British. Well, Japan was a British colony for a while, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, so, I guess that plays out true to history. Um, my favorite, because, I mean, they so they, they showed, you know, the Joker, who looked awesome, and Harley Quinn, who looked awesome, and Catwoman. And my favorite was the little Robin in the background with the weird-ass... Mohawk, and I don't know if you saw him or not. I didn't know. There's a tiny little robin in the background, and it looks like there's okay, so there's a Nightwing, and then there's a Robin. So there's like the whole array of mm-hmm. the Bat family, and he's <laughs> the Robin's got like a little front ponytail, and then he's bald, and then he's got another little ponytail in the <laughs> middle of his head, and then he's bald, and then he's got another one in the back of his head. It looks like somebody attacked him with um, some clippers, but I thought it was super cool how they added all the different. Batman characters into it, including Alfred and all his Britishness. Um, but Joker looks amazing. Yeah, like amazing with his crazy ass mask. Well, the funny thing is though, he's his smile kept on uh, r- reminding me of uh, God. Why do I fucking blank on names when I'm trying to name them? I should just not say things. Uh, <laughs> from uh, Death Note. Oh, the little demon thing? Yeah. The Willem Dafoe character? He's got that (laughs) smile. I don't know what that character's name is because I don't watch Death Note. But yeah, I know who you're talking about. Which makes sense because, you know, he's a fucking demon. But, yeah. I just kept waiting for Mark Hamill's voice to come out of the Joker, though. Even in Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) But it looked looked really good. Ryuk is his name. Ah, there you go. Little Google. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's right. Not a little Google. So this comes out in 2018. Um, he needs to come here quicker. Yeah. Notice how though they're already like fuck Justice League. We're just gonna start promoting this shit. But, you know, even even the anime versions of the DC universe are better because we've always contended that their animated universe for DC is amazing. Like they do those films on point, so just another, another proof that you just keep them keep them animated. Stop trying to put people in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. The people. The people are the problem. Um, what else have we got going on this week, Tony? You hear, the, hear the big Disney news? The big, the that the peace accords are. No, that they're pulling Frozen from the beginning of Coco. <laughs> I actually did see that people were. We are. I mean, we are going to we are going to get into the negotiations, <laughs> but I was just going to throw you for a loop. <laughs> I, uh, I thought I, that this was like crazy. Whatever. I thought kids would love the new Frozen right. short, but I guess most people are like, it felt a little forced. Yeah. It felt well. It's twenty minutes long, so that's long oh, for good a short. Lord. Yeah, it is. But what parents were complaining about, which I also find strange, that they don't have the runtime with that included, as well as they were saying that that. Somehow messed up, or people got to the theater. So let's say it was played at one o'clock, uh-huh. 
And they're complaining that they got out of Coco 20 minutes later, so they had to then go because they didn't know that there was just 20 minutes short, which meant they lost they lost uh, lunch or whatever plans they had. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking shit, parents. Like, if you're going to see Coco, you're probably seeing it with your kids. Yeah. So you probably yeah. should put a little leeway time in there before next plans. Yeah. But anyways, they're pulling that out of, and I know that's not a big news thing, but no. it's... No, it's just... It, bullshit like seriously people disney you could you're There's, so awesome but sometimes you're just stupid well and like are we this is seriously what we're complaining about now <laughs> well there's plenty I, more we can yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying like as a society this is what this is what we're throwing our support behind <laughs> um so let's get to some better disney news i still don't even think this is good news you don't think it's good news? No, I. You don't want this. You don't want this merger to happen. I partly do, but I don't. Uh, I think that one one place having so much. Well, it's a monopoly. Yeah. And even in, I think they could do much better than what Fox has done. If Disney were to acquire Fox, they would have so many. Right. IPs. That's true. Because that, it wouldn't just be them getting the X-Men and the Fantastic... It's not Marvel being made whole. It's literally Disney buying Fox. Which has a lot of properties, a lot of stuff. And I would like to see all those properties split amongst other studios because what happens is when you have one studio who can make the movies and everything, but they have their own schedules. They have their people they work with. They It, it will slow down the overall process. For as much as they need help, and I wish they would do more of a terms of Disney helping out Sony oh, with their Spider-Mans yeah. and everything. Cool. Sony, then you can keep Spider-Man as long as we have to use them too. Right. Perfect. Best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Disney would do a proper... I mean, they do a proper Spider-Man, but it I, it would ruin their schedule. Because I wouldn't say they'd put it on the back burner. They'd definitely put it on the forefront. Right. But then that would move some things around from their scheduling. Right that some other studios so i don't think they would do good with they have a good thing going with avengers would they put that much time in the mutants i don't think so no i want i still want them to share i want them to work nicely yes i want them to get fantastic four back fuck yeah yeah they they have not been playing nice with the fantastic four that's all i care like the mutants those are those technically i mean they're not but they are two separate worlds within the marvel universe they only come to blows every big event every year but other than that x-men kind of stay out right which is always crazy because you'd always think like i always thought even too steve rogers would come in and say fuckers why are you suppressing these mutants yeah in capitol hill you know <laughs> like it's kind of nazism right but he right. never did so he no. never stuck up for them no he's a dick so the talks are back on the table though yeah and so those are my big thoughts it's, it's some thoughts of a lot of others too sure it sounds cool at first but I think there could be a little bit. I guess that makes sense. I just really want um, Fox to not do the X Men movies anymore. <laughs> is really what it is. Like, I just and I know you don't want them to do the Fantastic Four movies anymore. But if they okay, so if Fox keeps doing movies like Logan, and if this new Mutants movie that's coming out, well, and Deadpool. Oh, here's the thing: would, would Disney had made Deadpool R? No, no, I don't think they no. would have. No, and that's that's where I see the problem. Right. Um, they wouldn't have done a new mutants. I mean, I think they could have done a good job, but I think they would have missed the mark. Right. 
So yeah, and now uh, like I've and I've heard and I've spoke before though Disney has their own off brands. I don't think it's Miramax, but they have their own <laughs> where they have rated our movies that they've made, but they are an offshoot yeah. from. I think Miramax is dead. Okay, well, whatever. Well, it became the Weinstein Corporation. Oh, okay, well, so. That's <laughs> so that's definitely dead. <laughs> that's why I giggled about that one. But <laughs> um, so this is complete hearsay, but I wanted your opinion on this because I think it sounds so completely ridiculous that I don't know who or why anybody thought that this was even a possibility, and if it is, I'm never watching this when it comes out, but apparently John Cena (laughs) could be playing Dr. Manhattan in the upcoming HBO Watchmen project. And what the serious fuck? Seriously? Look at him, man. No. <laughs> I can see it, but yeah, I can't see John Cena, so <laughs> that's perfect. That's the duality of it. He may have the body, but that's all about. He yeah. doesn't. Dr. Manhattan doesn't really talk much. I don't know. You have John Cena like have a more deeper I, voice. You, and... I could you take a John Cena Doctor Manhattan seriously? No, but did <laughs> I? Th- I don't know if we talked. He has become though. I wouldn't say the best actor, but him being in some of these comedies, he's funny. He is he's totally funny. He was in that Amy Schumer movie Trainwreck, and I thought he was hilarious in that. He was in that, and like, he was in Sisters mm-hmm. with. Uh, Amy Poehler and oh yeah, he played a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah that was great. He's hilarious. Um, Doctor Manhattan, not so funny. No, not so funny at all. And I've seen John Cena play a heel before, and I just I wonder though if if <laughs> I mean it's HBO series. Are they gonna do? Are we gonna see John up? Cena dick? <laughs> well, then I'm in. <laughs> I've seen his ass. That was in the Amy Schumer movie. The thing is, I I will, I have to say that they did the theatrical run with showing giant penis, Mm -hmm. even though, yeah, I didn't need to see that. That was in the comics. They did. So for anyone that has shit on that movie, though, they did so many things right that they could have with the Watchmen. Yeah. Which reminds me the death clock or whatever. Oh, doomsday clock. Yeah. I haven't read that, but it came out and... Uh, Josh read it, but he, is he here to review it? No, he's no. not. Fuck him. We yeah. can say whatever we want about yeah. him. <laughs> uh, I've heard it's very good, though, so you'll have to read it, and I'll have to read it, and we'll have to... So there's a... And when you talk about movies and trilogies and everything, you make them set to three... And that's where... Well, yeah, that's what a trilogy is. Yes. Three of something. But with the new uh, Star Wars that's right. coming out in next week, so a week and a half from this podcast. Oh my God, date. is that... Do you have tickets? Yeah. Fuck. I'm going with a group of people. I know. You we bought them early. Yeah, that's what you did last year, and you invited me last time. Not this time. Well, it's because I knew you'd say no. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the... The director, uh, Ryan Johnson, saying that, and this is his first one, is, is talking about his new trilogy. So I'm kind of at a loss of, I don't understand, 
what he's talking about, where there's no limitations. Right now, the world is free and exciting, and they can go new places. Um, Are you talking about the ones they're going to do after nine? And I believe so. Let's have yeah. the one story, and then they're going to go in a different direction from the Skywalkers and unexplored parts of the... the and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, because Star Wars is a movie about the Skywalkers, basically, right? Yeah. It's this one whole family that fucks up the world for everybody well, else, basically. Thing, <laughs> I mean, if lineage, at least. Yeah. So, if they have maybe a doff shoot of them, or the grandkids, or whatever, and they're not named Skywalker, cool. But I want to have it all part of that family. Yeah. They are the ones. They are the chosen ones. The only thing, the only way I think, especially big Star Wars fans, would be okay with them straying away from doing the Skywalker story is if they went backwards and did like the Old Republic. You know, us some prequel stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though that's a terrible term to throw around <laughs> in Star Wars. It is. It is. It makes it gives you bad feelings. But some feelings. good prequel yeah. stuff. But I almost feel, though, whatever happened to the duologies? <laughs> just one in, just the two-parters. <laughs> what do you call a nine, a series of nine movies? Niner. <laughs> breaker, breaker, niner. <laughs> so septilogy, is that what it is? Septilogy? Is that, is that's that, seven, I think, sept. Is it? I don't know my Roman numerals or so, whatever that shit's called. Here's, here's major spoilers. Like, major spoilers okay. for the new Star Wars. And it's making its round as news, although it's fucking stupid. The first words that are going to be uh, said within Star Wars is, we're, like we are. Oh. Why are people reporting on this? Why am I regurgitating this except for to make fun of... This, those are the first words, is we're? Yeah. Are, are people upset by this? Why is this news? It's not that people are upset by us. It's that they are just oh. saying... Oh, we know the first word. Yeah, it's very it's very vague word and stuff. And so, you know, who who knows what that's supposed to, to mean? They could have had the... Like, <laughs> they're, they're trying to make news out, out, out of nothing when... The movie's coming out next week. Right. You just have to say, hey guys, our movie's coming out next week. And yeah. people report... Oh, yeah, have you forgotten that the movie's coming out next week? You probably didn't. No. Most people already have tickets for it, apparently. For the whole... <laughs> I know that when the last one came out, they bought the whole... It was a week, I think, until people could technically go see, like, the whole weekends. Even when people think they can go during the morning shows, were sold out yeah. that first weekend. So I had some friends that were telling me, yeah, probably going to go see it Saturday morning. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, you haven't bought that yet. You're not going. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. For at least a week. <laughs> I've already... Cons- I haven't bought... I didn't buy tickets, so I've already consigned myself to not seeing it until at least two weeks later. So you are not allowed to talk about it. Ha ha. That's what you get for not inviting me. <laughs> I can't wait till Sabrina comes back. Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Yes. Are you talking about... Melissa to- Joan Hart? Yes. She stole my heart. Melissa Joan Hart... Okay, so they They totally made that show a kid-friendly yeah. version of what Sabrina yes. always truly was. Yes. And well, in Archie, she was kid-friendly, too. It wasn't until more recently that they made her, like, super dark, um, which is the way they're taking the new show, which I'm... Very, well, very... no, when she first debuted before kind of going to Archie, she had the dark 
Chilling Tales, and then they also yeah. made the Arch yeah. version. Yeah. But now what we what we know and love with the uh, Afterlife, dark. yeah, super comic dark. imprint. Um. So. Uh, fun fact, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV show with Melissa Joan Hart was actually owned by Melissa Joan Hart. Like, she bought that property. Oh. So everybody thought that when they were going to do this new show that she would be involved with it because she actually owns the property for Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But she is not, she has said, which disappointed me when I heard it, but she has said that she is not going to be involved in any way with the new Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I'm like, fuck you, Melissa Joan Hart. At least make a cameo, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I wonder if that would set off the tone a little bit different, though, because it's, if it's going to be a dark... But then again, I thought the person that's going to play Sabrina is supposed to debut within... Riverdale. The Archie, uh, yeah, Riverdale, the yeah. show. Yeah, so Riverdale is on the CW... And when this show was announced, it was also supposed to be on the CW, but now it's going straight to Netflix. So, but it, apparently it's still going to be tied in. No, it's not going to be tied into the Archie universe anymore because CW and uh, Netflix yeah, don't have any sort of... Well, I don't know. A lot of the CW shows have been showing up on Netflix, so they have, I mean, yeah, no... Right. True reason to have crossover, but maybe they would think if we are now picking this up, CW was having this plan, it would be good for us to maybe have loan the character. Right. But then again, yeah, maybe they are just going to go two different routes, which would make a little bit sense to keep Riverdale, Riverdale, mm-hmm. a little bit less magicified. Yeah, because they are, it's definitely more realistic than. Then you start adding witchcraft into there. You would have to make... You would either have to turn Sabrina into not actually a witch and just make her, like, the craft, light, you know, Wiccan, gothy girl that shows up at Riverdale, or you would have to move Archie into, or Riverdale into, like, the weird magical world of Sabrina. Um... Greg Berlanti is the executive producer on Sabrina, though, and he's the guy that does, like, The Flash and Arrow and all of those comic book CW shows, so I have hopes that this will be good, and I hope it's super creepy now that it's on Netflix. (laughs) You got anything else? No, not really. All right, well... uh... Unfortunately, like like most weeks, uh, we don't have a best on tap this week because we didn't really. There's a couple that I saw that I thought were kind of okay, but um, I mean, I'll just say some of the Eternity ones uh, that came out uh, from Valiant. Those look pretty sweet uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and dark. There is a uh, Beauty, which had a very uh, interesting cover with how it's you know it's not really beauty underneath, but yeah. But none that I, I feel that we really agreed on and no. just looked up. So we'll just get into uh, Booze in a Book. Booze in a Book this week is Canadian... Well, I'm going to do the booze. Yeah. Canadian Breakfast Stout. Okay. So when I say Canadian Breakfast Stout, mm-hmm. what do you first think of as what a comic should be like with... With uh, Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So whereas most times uh, the comic books, you know, inspire us for booze, this week it was a booze that uh, 
inspired us for a comic book. So take some CBS and pair it with Old Man Logan number 31 and mm. you'll have a rip and roaring good time. In Canada. Yes. Right on. Oh, dang it. I should have written down what I said I was going to write down earlier because I didn't. Did you forget? No, I didn't forget. I forgot to write it down. Oh. But. I don't think you ever told me what you were going to write down. It was a big right. mystery. I'll try to I'll try to go off the top of my head. You know how to tell the difference between a crocodile and alligator? No. One will see you later. One will see you in a while. <laughs> Stay thirsty for more comic book reviews and... Bad puns. Later. Maybe. I don't know if we can recover from that one. <laughs>